What's the story, guys? Welcome to another episode of What Happens Here podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Deegan. Today's episode is proudly sponsored by Nightmare Toys. Guys, these are the number one toy shop here in Las Vegas. If you're looking for something creepy for Halloween, this is the place to go. Also, today's podcast is proudly sponsored by the slaughtered lamb and if you don't know what that means then you're going to know ladies and gentlemen i am so pumped for this podcast today let me tell you something right now when i started this podcast i like to do stories subjects on things that are indicative to my life this is a subject that really is it's one of my favorite movies of all time it got me introduced to the horror theme it got me introduced to so many different aspects of movie but don't take it from me check this out La 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 Isn't this fun? Lovely stroll on the moors. Did you hear that? I heard that. What is it? You think it's a dog? Nice doggy. Good boy. What happened to them? Well, the police report said they were attacked by an escaped lunatic. A wolf. My friend Jack was just here. Told me that I will become a monster in two days. Your dead friend, Jack. Yes. You gotta believe me, David. Believe what? You're one of the undead, and I'm a werewolf. Tomorrow night's the full moon. You're gonna change. A what? You'll become. I know. I know. A monster. A naked American man stole my balloon. What? What did I do last night? You don't remember? The last remaining werewolf must be destroyed. It's you, David. Run! Good Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, from an American Wealth in London, <laughs> my favorite movie of all time. Would you please welcome to my podcast, Mr. David Norton. What's up, brother? Wow, that was that was quite a clip. That was part of the whole movie right there, wasn't it? <laughs> so that was the beautiful thing that I loved about that clip is that it really, really com com comprised the whole movie into one like one and a half minute thing. How does it feel when you see that that film clip? Uh, it looks like um Something you know that I have a vague recollection of. <laughs> <laughs> when was the last time you actually saw that full clip like that, David? Well, I, I've actually had to sit through the movie. And, I mean, <laughs> I, I know you get what? Yeah, I had to sit, you know, at a screening yeah. uh, where we, we've had a number of personal appearances and things. Because we're coming up on the 40th, imagine. Is that right? Next year, 2021, will be the 40th anniversary. Wow, wow. And wow. Uh, so. You'll be seeing a lot of me. Yeah. A lot yes. less of me. <laughs> so when, when was the last time you actually saw the full movie in full entirety, sat there, watched it from woe to go? When was the last time that happened? That's been a while. <laughs> Is <laughs> that know, out of I, choice or like? Yeah, oh. you know, it's um, like we'll have screenings in actual theaters for people who have, who have never seen the film yeah. on a big screen. So, yeah. uh, you know, so we'll pack a theater in different places. Uh, yeah. And, uh, but that doesn't require us actually being, you know, in the audience. We're out back, you know, out, yeah. 
Yeah, is it great to look at the people's reaction to the audience? Yeah, you know what I used to do when I when the film first came out was sit in the back and watch them literally leave their seats on a couple of big scares. You yeah, know, so yeah, yeah. Well, those listen, were fun. The, I just want to like I I want to really touch on this really quickly because guys, I know that mm -hmm. I'm just so excited about this interview because. American Wealth in London is such a, a, a movie of my, not only of my childhood, but not only of my life, but of my family's life. It's something that we watch. Now, I just want to tell you a, a real, real quick story. And this, obviously, this isn't about me, but I have to tell you this because I want to explain to you the first time that this movie ever came into my life. And um, I remember it, my dad brought home the VHS tape of American Wealth in London. I was 11 years old. And I remember he put it on the coffee table and I looked at that front cover and I was like, oh, yes, I can't wait to watch this. No, you're not watching this tonight. This is for mum and dad only. I was like, what? So I got sent to bed that night, right? And I remember this like, I remember this, David. I remember this like it was yesterday. So I remember waiting until all the lights went out and I heard the movie start. With the VHS tapes, there was always that... Um, Please do not copy the tape here. If, make sure you rewind after the, the... There was all that. So once I heard that, so I snuck out of my room and I hid behind a couch. My mom and dad were sitting on the couch and they started the movie. And David, I sat behind the couch that whole movie without my parents' knowledge, clutching two pillows at 11 years old, watching an American wealth in London mm. without my parents' knowledge. And I still remember that to this day. And I'm 50 years old now. I was 11 at the time. How does that make you feel when you hear people tell you these kind of stories? Uh, well, um, yeah, it's, it had quite an impact. We knew at the time we were making it that this was going to scare people. And uh, we didn't know really, you know, what kind of impact. We didn't think, you know, hey, in 40 years you'll be talking about it. Yeah. But certainly we knew uh, it, it had some scares. And so... You know, mission accomplished. Well, and 40 uh, years, we're still here. That's yeah. right. We're here we talking about talking it. Talking about it. And, right. and especially for that era. So back in the early 80s, I mean, that's what I wanted to touch on, like, back in the beginning of the early 80s when things were kind of, with horror, things were kind of, like, expressing themselves. Wealth was pretty graphic for back in those days. Was that the intention? Yes. You know, uh, John Landis wrote the script, and he did it, as a matter of fact, when he was 21 years old uh, as a production assistant on a movie called Kelly's Heroes, right. which was this, you know, he had a, just a chance. He was over in Europe for the first time, and he got a chance to think, wow, werewolves. Maybe this is where they're supposed to be from this area of Eastern Europe. Yeah. So, but but because of the success of his films, Animal House, The Blues Brothers, Kentucky Fried Movie, these kind of comedies and, you know, real raucous, light, lighter uh, films. Yeah. He wanted to make sure people understood that this was supposed to be scary. This is not a, a spoof or yeah. any kind of a comedy. This is going to be a horror film. And so he made sure of it. So that was the distinction that people couldn't quite make. Because back in those days, it was like, hang on, it's scary as hell, but wait a minute, this is really funny as well. So initially it was supposed to be a horror movie that kind of draped into a comedy, or was it the... Well, his, you know, John's a funny guy, so he has a real keen sense of humor. He, uh, you know, everything he finds, he finds humor in everything. Right. So even in this, you know, horrific tale, uh, which is somewhat of a tragedy from my point of view, of a guy who's not going to survive, you know, something that's happened to him. He's an innocent victim in a sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, he, you know, he just has a funny way of looking at things. So he certainly put a lot of humor in it. The relationship between the two guys was real jokey. And you take the audience down that path only to make a quick, you know, left turn. And I, and I suppose a lot of people didn't understand that the subtext of that movie was is that um, David was concerned for the people that 
hadn't become victims of this werewolf yet. That's kind of the subtext of the story. And as you said, there's a lot of stories that are mixed in and out. I want to introduce to you my co-host here today, everybody, my main man, Matthew. Not doing? only is the hey. number one culinary chef here in Las Vegas, but he's also my co-host here at What Happens Here. Now, uh, now the other day, I actually showed Matt the movie because he's only 30. He had not seen the movie. Do we have that... Uh, do we have that? Can we play that clip of me? This is the first time he's seen the movie. I'm secretly recording him. What? That is sad. <laughs> oh, man. How good was that? How good was that? Dude, that was ridiculous. Fucking scary. The quality on that for, for that year. Like, that's insane. Do you like it? I'm clutching Amazing. the pillow. Like See what I'm saying? I was going to yeah, say, just sweating. pillows. <laughs> <laughs> sweating. <laughs> <laughs> I was sweating. I was sweating. Oh my god! So I mean, there you go. So that just goes to show you, David. In 2020, we're playing the the werewolf scene, and it's having it's having the same, same impact effect. as what it did back then. Can you yeah. want to you want to talk about? Yeah, that? fuck it. It was incredible. Excuse me, like, it was it was incredible. Uh, how, how did you guys do the CG on that? Can you can you give us any there stories? There is about? no CG. That, that's it's that's all the, practical makeup. You know, Rick Baker. Was the makeup artist hired by by John Landis? They had worked together years before. He's always just been, you know, a, a, an amazing artist, really, a sculptor and as well as painter. Uh, so he was making. He did the makeup, which means yeah. what you saw actually was filmed. It yeah. wasn't. There was no yeah. trick. There was no. It was certainly way before any sort of CGI. Yeah, and how did you get the hands to grow? And that takes a lot of concentration. Let yeah. me tell you. No, it, it uh, again. He he and his his masterful uh, assistants, and he was teaching a, a lot of young guys uh, how to do this. But they basically made a mold of my arm as okay. well as my head and my legs uh, to you know get actual dimensions for the transformation. But this was a, an arm that they built, which had you know. Uh, so when I would I was like here, and then they held up the fake arm in front you know in front of the camera, mm -hmm. so you can see where they cut the lens. It looks like my arm. It looks like exactly. Yeah. Except this one happens to stress. Yeah. Right. Well, see and, that that yeah, just that goes was the craziest part. That, that just was... goes to show you that I mean that that's just props to Rick Baker right there. So this guy is of the younger version of the movie, and the first thing that he said to David was, "How did they do the CGI effect?" Well, back in those days, it, it wasn't CGI. It was puppets. It was sculptures. Um, it was original monsters that were um, used for these movies. Do you think that that way of doing monsters is way more effective than the CGI of today? Well, you know, uh, this whole thing, you know, this was the time when the Academy of Motion Pictures actually recognized, wow, this guy, Rick Baker, is special. So they created the category for special makeup, uh, wow. practical makeup, certainly had been around, but a special category. And they gave him his first Academy Award for this film, uh, for that makeup. Wow. He will tell you that, you know... Um, <clears throat> There's a lot of artistry in the digital part of it, in the digital creation, uh, but the practical makeup is really where you can get in there and sculpt every little detail from the beginning to the transformation. And, uh, you know, I think looking back, he, he thinks it's somewhat primitive in, in the work that he did, even though it is really mind-boggling. And, you know, just to be a part of it, watching what was happening, we had no idea as actors going, wait a minute, uh, it just says in the script, he turns into a werewolf, you know? Yeah. Wow. That took... That took hours. It took weeks to prepare, um, yeah. and many months—you know, really months—for him to make all that stuff. To happen. So, so was 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 acting in the movie that wasn't as strenuous as getting ready for 
the makeup and, and being in, 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 in makeup for like hours and hours a day. Was right. that the hardest? Yeah. That was the hard part. What we actually did, we shot the entire film, wrapped everything, and just had the transformation left of for, you know, it was May and Rick and his little band of merry men mm. and John and in a very small crew. So we just shot the transformation, as they say, at the end, primarily because he needed the time to make sure that everything was working. He didn't know how it was going to look. You know, they had to shoot it on film in bright daylight. You know, this is this was in an apartment. It wasn't like, you know, in the woods and you can't see shadows. This was pretty much uh, was the, you know, the intention was for you to see exactly what's happening. And. And that that's was a challenge. It shows the brilliance of, of, of John and Rick by um, kind of like having a vision that wasn't really known. And then, you know, all these years. And like, hoping it works. You know, I mean, they really didn't know. So John, it's funny, between John and Rick, you know, there's like two brothers. Uh, Rick would spend all this time and we would shoot at just a segment of that transformation. And then, you know, 15 minutes later, John would go, okay, that's it. And Rick would go, no, no, wait. There's got to be another angle. He goes, I got it. I got it. I got what I need. He says, no, oh. no, I mean... This took me months to yeah. make. Yeah, right. <laughs> and he'd say, well, what else does it do? Yeah. You know, he'd say, well, it stretches and yeah. for the arm, for example, or the snout, which yeah. is a whole other mechanical device, which was makeup that, you know, hit a button and this thing just shoots forward. It's, it's an amazing process. Uh, so did they do multiple shoots of that? They would do multiple takes yeah. uh, of setting up. At, and they had sort of a storyboard in the way that you would storyboard a commercial in right. terms of the transformation, how it would happen. Wow. But, you know, this all <clears throat> took over a period of five, six days, actually. Six days to shoot that 90-second transformation. Right. Which, for, or two minutes. But for me, it was hours yeah. in the makeup chair. Now, was that an actual apartment in England, or was that just the set? We, uh, well, let's see. There were two. We would use a real apartment for the exteriors, trying to get in the building. And then once we were inside, there was a set built yeah. because there were guys underneath the floor where I was underneath the floor at one point yeah. for a, an entire morning while this giant appendage is, you know, glued. Yeah. yeah. And then they'd start messing with my feet. You know, hey, let's see if he's ticklish. I go, don't do it. I will pull this off. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so we had a lot of fun, but it was, t you know, really time, time consuming and, uh. You know, just it was like really a, a film that we were both Griffin and I talked about it going. We weren't tough enough. We should have been, you know, yeah. we should have been problem children. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now, but, I heard he complained a lot more during the movie than you. Is that because he had a little bit more of a difficult makeup process in the beginning? Well, I think it was a, you know, a combination of seeing how deteriorated, you know, he was rotting away and thinking this is a heck of a role for me. And, and here it is, my, this opportunity and a yeah. break, in a sense, yeah. from an opportunity as, a, as an actor. Yeah. And every time you see him, he's, you know, yeah. he's getting more and more decomposed. More and more. Yeah. Yeah. Although the so, last shot was just the puppet, right? The, yes. in, in the movie theater. So you could see right through the jawline. That was the whole idea of Rick. Yeah. You wanted you to see yeah. bone and... Right. And, and how do they make everything glistening wet looking? Like a lot of the movie was... Yeah, they do. I mean, you know... How do they do that? Just with really, you know, fresh... Uh, it's liquid paint. Yep. They're painting and then they spray it with a gliss, you know, gliss, uh, glycerin. Yeah. Which is uh, sort of a sticky spray. Yeah. And it just makes everything pop. Wow. Wow. And, you know, there's a whole point in it where, where Griffin's, you know, neck, there's a piece of skin that's just sort of flickering in the light... Everybody in the mo you know, in the world who has seen that film stares at that piece. Yeah, now, that Not was unintentional, right? Absolutely, it's one of those moments you go, "Hey, you know, look at that. 
That's yeah. really so. What do they do? They go spray it more. You know, <laughs> make it pop more, make it wetter. You know? Now, now, was that when they were when, when, <clears> when they were actually watching on the screen? They noticed it and thought, "Hang on a second, let's capitalize on this right now." No, it's all right there. You know, because yeah. it's film. Yeah, you don't know what you've got until at, you've developed the film and see it. Uh, so, but you could see in the lens. You know, they're going, "Wow, we're getting quite a." pop off that uh, piece of flesh. Do you want to do anything about that? He goes, yeah, let's, you know, yeah. let's now, make it brighter. Was that sequence one take? As far, as far as, did you just shoot that all in one day or did you have to come back? Because it would, it would be pretty well, that hard part to... for Griffin, uh, that was one particular day in which he was uh, there talking to me in a hospital bed and he had a very elaborate makeup. So they'd call us, you know, way early before the crew call because Rick would start his makeup process and not be rushed. So we'd be all morning, 5 a.m. till like noon yeah. in makeup, and yeah. then around a one o'clock crew call, and then shoot at two o'clock. Yeah. So you're, you know, by two o'clock, you still had a full day. Yeah, yeah. You're going, okay, now we're gonna make this thing work. Right, now what was the entirety <clears throat> of the entire shoot of the movie from way to go? It's like I mean, 12 weeks, right? Yeah, 10, 10, 10, 11 weeks. Is that quick normally for a movie? Extremely fast. And, and why you know, is that? Because you guys are one-take wonders? or you got, Well, there was sort of a, a an urgency to get this movie out. Right. You know, the howling was being made. Yeah. This was the werewolf film that had been floating around Hollywood as far as nobody approving the greenlighting the script is per se. But so there was this interest in who's going to have the first werewolf movie out. And right. so we had that. But from the time we started in England, actually, we started, if you can imagine, October meeting with Rick in California to start the preliminary makeup. Then we bring everything over, start shooting in February, finish in April, movie comes out in August. Wow. wow. That, Damn. And so they're editing as we're going. It was a, a rush job. Now, what's the weather like that in the beginning in of the England? year? In England? Yeah. It's terrible. Okay. <laughs> so that was real weather. That you guys real were England, real weather, yeah. freezing my butt off. Yeah, what was yeah. the temperature? Do you know the temperature? It would be 40s and you know 50s and wow. wet, drizzle, rainy. Because I always thought every time I was in England, it was like a black and white movie. Yeah. Just like. Yeah, it's gray, We're, right? Yeah, gray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's so mm -hmm. funny, you know. You mentioned about the the, the the bit of skin dabbling in the in, in the beginning there. Also, there's another part, like right at the beginning, when you guys first get off the sheep truck and you're walking down that road there, and Griffin Dunn is wiping snot and actually sniffling snot from his nose. Now, yeah. a lot of people don't know this, but unless you're a huge fan like I am, how but, do you know this is <laughs> this is funny. I know, right? <clears throat> The fact that um, that that was actually a real part of the movie. It was so cold that he was sniffling and sniffling. The st Plus, we were we were actually there's a scene there where we're cracking up. Yeah, and and they just kept rolling. So you know, there's, there's this sort of an actor's acting 101 is you never cut. Yeah, it's the director's idea. So you just keep going, even if you're screwing up. You know, in your head, you're gonna go. I know they're never gonna use this, but I can't stop. So I'm gonna continue until he cuts. Yeah. Well, he didn't cut. And yeah. Griffin was losing it in that particular scene, yeah. trying to tell a story about a girl, and I'm giving him the look, and we're both yeah. trying to keep from laughing. He's laughing, and literally... Now, was that talking about the girl that you love or the girl that you just want to fuck? Yeah, that's yeah. it, yeah. yeah. And, and he, he's losing it. <laughs> Griffin's losing it, and it was ended up in the film. I mean, that's yeah, just... That I, was one of the first things I noticed, too, where it was so cold and he was sniffling, yeah, he, and I was like, that that almost can't be makeup. Their noses no, are red. Yeah, yeah, yeah and he actually did bring that up. He's like, he's actually, is that makeup snot? I'm like, no, no dude, yeah, that has to be real. That's real stuff. Yeah, so is that is that, uh, <laughs> amaz did you, is that amazing to you that I actually picked that up? That you knew that. Yeah, that shows you how much of a freak I am. <laughs> well, you know, here's, now there's this guy, Paul Davis, who has who wrote a book called Beware the Moon. I don't know if you've seen... 
uh, this. There's a hard copy, and wow. they sold those all out. And now there's still some soft uh, copies coming out. Yeah. But if you look, Paul Davis basically, on his own dime, researched the film, talked to everybody who was had, had anything to do with the film, and went to all the locations, and he basically <sighs> talked about the making of this movie. Gotcha. So he presented it to John, and Melinda said, this is incredible. What do you plan on doing with it? He goes, well, I don't know. He says, well, we'll put it in as a bonus feature in the next DVD release. So there is a net, you know, wow. in one of the newer DVD releases, Paul Davis's Beware the Moon. And it's almost as long as the movie. Wow. But it's pretty gotcha. interesting yeah. in that he, and he details it. And then the book, the hardcover book comes out with all these photos that Rick supplied, all the stuff that was unused, not necessarily clips of film, but photos and, and things. So he was such an authority on it. He goes, now, on this scene in the movie theater, that was the day I was born. I go, it was March. It was March 14th. That was my birthday, and you shot this scene there because wow. he had the entire schedule. Wow. I go, Paul. Yeah. Get a life. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> so wow. he's gone on to do other things. Uh, I think he featured Lost Boys. He did the same thing. Yep. In depth research, all sorts of stuff and, uh, and, and you know, stories as well yep. as yep. memorabilia yep. and so on. Yeah, and they go to the different locations and do facts. And, but that, that, that must be pretty special. When people do that now with this movie. If you can imagine, people go to England. And part of their vacation is to go visit all the locations from American World. I mean, I would totally do that. I've yeah. always wanted to go to England. Well, He's people, been many times. Yeah. There are people if, on YouTube going, I found I found a new place. <laughs> <laughs> they go, this is actually the hospital and, or the pub yeah. or the, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Oh, the pub. Is that an actual location? There were two. You know, we had a set and we also used a real pub. Yeah. Okay. Now, do they still call it the Slaughtered Land? They would No, but uh, here's a funny story. There's, in New York, there's a restaurant called The Slaughtered Lamb. And it's sort of an uh, you know, homage to this movie. So, wow. gosh, it's got to be 20 years ago. I'm in New York. It's down in the Greenwich Village. And I, I go, there's the Greenwich. Hey, look, there's The Slaughtered Lamb. Come on, let's go in. I'm in with a friend. We go in. We can't get waited on. We can't get a table. No way. <laughs> I swear to God. Get out of like, here. Hello. No you know, way. So we finally went. I'm that guy. We're out of here. Wow. Oh, so and you left. So we never actually got served. Oh, what a loss for that. So, that. That's a story right there. David Norton, the star of American Wealth in London, goes to the slaughtered land in England, does get a fucking beer. <laughs> what the hell What's up with that? that? What is up with that? Something's uh, wrong. So did you keep anything from the movie, David? Like, did you keep... Well, you know, there was... Any of the makeup stuff was just, you know, this was... It was decomposing itself. I mean, right. it's... it's uh, you know, I'm trying to think of the, the the actual material that Rick used, but a lot of it. It's like that latex, right? Yeah, yeah. latex, and mm. it, and he gave some of the big wolf heads and the body to a guy who basically was preserving it wow. in, in in like his own little museum. Joe Rogan's got one, doesn't he? Right? He well, he has what someone went on to make right. these things. These that looks exactly like, but the it work. looks like one, yes. Yeah. And it's a big giant. It you does. Know, stuff. I never thought of that. It's enormous. Yeah. Yep, that's the same one. Yeah. 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 But it crazy. was none of those were in the film. Those were right. all yeah. some of the original stuff, uh, you know, the pub sign was the big thing that we wanted. Both Griffin and I did the Slaughtered Lamb pub sign. You get but that John no John God, of course. But I have these little replicas now, you know. Yep. Which you can buy. So how's this? Where I'm in England last year or two years ago at a big show, and a guy comes in with this with this you know garment bag. He goes, "You never believe what I've got here." <laughs> Did he say it like that? <laughs> with his shoulders going like, "Oh!" I go, "All right, weirdo, what have you got?" You know. 
<laughs> so he unzips it, and it's the parka. It's the red parka <gasps> that I wore. My goes, lord. He goes, would you wear it? Would you put it on? Well, it so happened it was the hottest week in England. Uh, this is two years ago, in 2018. I go, I'm not putting on that parka in this building where they go, we've got air conditioning. No, you don't. <laughs> so he says, but this is cool. I said, so I bring out a pen. I go, would you like me to sign it? He goes, oh, no, I don't want you to sign it. I go, okay, buddy, that's your choice. Yeah. Why would you not want so to sign? It was the actual red parking. It was the parking. The story behind it was, you know, after a film wraps, sometimes they let the wardrobe, they sell it to the crew or whoever wants it for, you know, for, and so this happened to be a very practical, warm parka. A guy from the crew buys it, and he's wearing it on another movie. And the guy goes, wait a second, that looks familiar. Where, where is that? <laughs> he says, I got it off American Wear for London. He says, I'll buy it from you right now. Wow. So he bought the parka, and it has some damage on it because it was... That was the, the question. Has it got the rips in it? it well, it had, it had a little damage in it from the guy working on this other movie where he's clipping he was an electrician wow so they got the park gave it to the guy has his dry clean brings it wow. to me and i don't get to sign it wow that's amazing <laughs> he has the red parker but at the end of this podcast i'm going to get a clip of david norton's hair so, I beg your pardon? <laughs> <laughs> we need to talk about that before. Yeah. Hopefully it pressure him into I gotta, it. Let me look through my, my checks. <laughs> yeah, where, was, where did that come up? That wasn't in the contract. Well, you know, you know, it's obviously the movie's, it's, it's called a cult classic. Um, one of our buddies, Matthew, who's a huge, huge American Wealth in London fan, he wanted to come on today. Um, Matt, did you have any questions that you had for David that you wanted to ask, brother? I just wanted to do a... I just wanted to ask you, David, when uh, when you were doing um, American Werewolf, um, did you ever like in any days um, like while filming, did you ever get uh, like a little frisky with uh, that uh, female cohort that you had, uh, the little English lady? Oh, <laughs> uh, Jenny Agutter, the yes. nurse. Yes. Yes. Try to take it off screen, as they say. Did it work? Woo! No. You know, that's just uh, it's unfortunate that um, it's. Uh, just not, just didn't happen. Yeah, his wife's, li his wife's listening right no, now. No, no, you know, I mean, the reality is, you know, she's an actress. Yeah. yeah. And she was a good sport. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because she was the only, you know, really the babe of the movie. Yeah. We're all, so she, rest, you know, a lot of testosterone on the set. Total babe. Yeah. On the set. By the way, total babe. But yeah. but to think that you have a shot yeah. is, is a delusion. Yeah. yeah. That even I'm going, no, no, come on. We're actually going to be making love. So maybe we should, like, get a hotel and practice. See, when you're 11 years old and you're watching that scene in a movie, I have to say that I'm glad that I had two pillows. Because one, one was to bite on because I was scared, and the other one was to hide my butt. Owner. I know. Um, I will say, and it was also the first time that I ever heard the word fuck used on camera and the C word as well, which was also all these new things of growing into boyhood. I don't even think I had pubic hair when I was watching this movie. But anyway, that's getting off Speaking the of boners, honestly, in that scene, were, were you hard at all? Like, she's beautiful. I mean, it's, we went there. We drove down that road. We might as well go all the way. Well, so. see, here's the thing, Matt. He's a professional actor. Correct. You know what no, I mean? You're, you know, it's so... Um, it's kind of like being at the doctor's office, you know? Okay. You know, it's sort of like the doc. Too nerve-wracking. Yeah. yeah. It's like if you're at the doctor's office. It's like it's embarrassing when you get hard at the doctor's office. Yeah. And <laughs> Can you go in? It's like the guy that goes into Especially the doctor's office. Especially if it's a office. dude. The guy goes oh. into the doctor's <laughs> You know? Really, I mean, it just reminds me of the guy who goes into the doctor's office and the, and the doctor says, well, for one thing, your health's pretty good, but you got to stop masturbating. And he says, well, why, doc? He says, so I can finish the exam. <laughs> but, but the reality is, the reality is, 
you're, there are other people in the room, and yeah. it's, you're making a film. Right. So the priority is there are lights, there's things, there's a boom, you know, with sound. Right. Yeah. There's a skeleton crew yeah. in there. Yeah. And there's this gal who's petrified. Yeah. Yeah. So they're really the main concern is... Getting the shot. Yeah. yeah. So the idea of being aroused is you're kind of just not in a amorous mood you're really yeah. making a movie right yeah yeah you know? speaking of getting the shot so uh during that scene uh did dr pepper drop your sponsor because oh, of that no they they um no you know i, I had been with dr pepper for four years as right. their spokesman uh singing and dancing and we had a great relationship and it would have continued except that i and i thought about it later going Wait a second, I probably could have gone eight, nine years. But I just basically wanted to move on, you know, because there were so many, uh, you know, you talk about typecasting or being so associated with a product that you can't really do other stuff. This was a departure for me, this film and what I was, you know, hoping and planning to be other other kinds of movies and other kinds of roles. So I was just trying to put that role behind me. So, but somewhere somebody thought, hey, you know, I bet because that movie was so, you know, rated R. In fact, the, the, it's really the opposite. If people can jump on, you know, any sort of notoriety or publicity that you get, if you happen to be under contract with them, they will, you know, yeah. they'll, they'll utilize that. I, I'm thinking of like, you know, uh, uh, J.K. Simmons, you know, who who does uh, the um, uh, big, uh, uh, what do you call it, insurance. With Farmer's Insurance, okay. you know the guy. Yeah, Farmer. Yep. No, uh, he goes out. Uh, he he won an Oscar for that movie. You know, but J.K. Uh, Simmons won an Academy Award for playing a really, you know, sob music guy. Yeah. Uh, about three or four years ago. Well, they, you know, you'd say, well, how does that look in terms of he's also the spokesman for Farmer's Insurance? They go, well, they just love it. You know, they just eat that up. So, so I think that it's the same sort of idea. So you were. It wasn't because of that movie. It he, wasn't for the film. I had just already left. Gotcha. You know, saying I probably wanted to move on. Gotcha. And, it, and and I probably, you know, as I said, looking back years later, I went, I probably could have hung in there for a couple more Definitely. years being a pepper. Do you even drink Dr. Pepper? On occasion. You do? If I see one, unattended. So. Oh, I don't know. There's a couple right here. Yeah, I know. Right you right want to take a sip? Maybe wait, we can wait. get the sponsor back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll send it to him. So, so can we talk about Day of the Dead? Let's talk about Day of the Dead and what's happening with that and what's going on. Days and... of the Dead, yeah. It's this weekend, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, it's done at the Plaza Hotel in yep. Las Vegas. Yep. So many shows, because 2020, with the pandemic, have not been able to, you know, they've had to cancel their schedules. Yeah. I mean, right across the board, the entire years. But it so happens that Bill Philput and the Days of the Dead people have found a way to socially distance yeah. and be safe. Yeah. And fans are coming out of the woodwork yeah. because they're looking for things to do. Yeah. And, Absolutely. And in activities... So that you know, all is not lost. Yeah. So how's that going to be set up? Is it going to be like six feet distance? Well, yeah. The, for me, for example, I have two tables between me and say fans okay. that come in. I have photos and posters and things for them to sign. I sign them. They get the posters. There is yeah. social distance. We get to do selfies in a sort of foreground, background yeah. way. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's 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 ma- very manageable. Sorry, guys. I don't I don't mean to interrupt this, but once again, my once mo- again, once again, my Mrs. Mo- my mother from Australia has FaceTimed me, and mum, this has become I, a ritual. I just want you to know who I'm interviewing right now, mum. What is my favorite horror movie of all time? What is it? 
American Wealth in London. Good, mom, good answer, Mom. There's, da- there's David right there. This is my mother, David. The legend Hello. himself. <laughs> Let me give you a little, little... Oh, he's doing it. There we go. <laughs> All right, Mom. So I'm here with David. We're just having a little podcast right now. I think right he's now. turning right now. Yeah, he's I'm turning little, right now. I'm a little worried, go actually. Away. So is it okay if I call you after this, Mom? All right. Just say goodbye to David. Bye. Say, love you, David. Love you, David. Say it, Mum. Say it, Mum. Say, love you, David. The nude scene. So I love. It. Okay, all right. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> the nude scene. You know, I think we're gonna have to start getting her mic'd up. We're gonna have to get her mic'd up next time, Marcus. It's so, you know, know, my mother seems to FaceTime me every time I'm having one of these podcasts. So she, she on all about it. But um, man, that's so funny. And she's twenty hours ahead yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah I think it's uh, yeah, how yeah, crazy I think is that? it's uh, fourteen hours the next day or something like yeah. that. You've been to Australia? I have. Yes. You like it there? I, well, you know, I wanted to go back, but yeah. I was just in, in, in Melbourne for a show called Armageddon, which was a huge, huge show, so yeah. a couple of years ago. Okay, explain that, Armageddon. Armageddon. Explain the show? Yeah. Well, well, it's just that was the name of, of oh, it was, this. It was another, like a horror fest, like what's going yes. on here? Okay. But gigantic, and they also cosplay, and these uh, computer games with yeah. thousands of kids playing, you know, on a giant yeah. uh, theater screen. Computer oh, games, that's yes. enough. Huge, big, big thing. Weren't you in a computer game? Your voice was oh, used. Yeah, well, you, you know. <laughs> You've done so many Just, things. I've done I mean, different things, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, you have. You've done. I had a sticker after with Rick Baker. Yeah. Then one of the cool things I should tell you about Rick is he had, because he's retired and he sold a lot of stuff, he auctioned off all these parts and props and things, but he had kind of a wall of fame where he had masks of people's, you know, from, you know, he had like six or seven of mine and different so, and he had Michael Jackson, of course, from Thriller. Yeah. He had all the guys from Woo! Star Wars, yeah. from Men in, Men in Black, Tommy Lee Jones. Wow. Uh, of course, Eddie Murphy in all the Eddie Murphy movies yeah. where he plays, you know, all the different characters, yeah. men and women. And he did all Rick that. Rick did all that. Wow. Makeup. So he had all these these molds on the wall, you know, that he was auctioning off. Wow, wow. It was pretty neat. And he yeah. said, I said, up to... Uh, up to uh, Eddie Murphy, I was supposedly one of Rick's favorite actors to work with because at the time I didn't know any better. Wow. Like, sure, go ahead. Just take, what, another five hours? Yeah, yeah I'll just sit yeah. here. Because uh, some actors don't like it. You know, some actors, it's just, it's it's a claustrophobic experience. You have to be in the right frame of mind right. and give him yeah. the time he needs to make you look as gruesome or whatever as he wants you to be. Yeah. And then once you get it, then you can try to make you know make it come alive from yep. your performance. You can't rush perfection. But yeah, Rick requires a lot of time, but he deserves it too because he's a special special talent. We were talking earlier on about the uh, the Universal Studios. Can you spin that clip in? We'll, we'll talk about it behind the background. Okay, so basically what we're talking about here is you guys we're been live. to Disneyland. We've been to Universal Studios. We were talking earlier on, um, David, about the American Wealth experience that they had at Universal Studios. This was something that they only brought out every Halloween. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, it's it's during the Halloween period, and they it's called a uh, Halloween Horror Nights, right? Where they now, feature yeah. ma- these are called mazes that they make basically, but it's in a, a whole uh, scenes from the film, yeah. and they they feature about five or six films for three weeks only, and then it's over. Okay, wow. so explain that. This is such a successful thing. So it's basically like it's like a haunted house. You're walking through this maze. And these are all scenes from the movie. What? So as an audience member, you get to walk in and you look around, and sure enough, 
all this stuff is going on as you're walking through. So it's pretty scary for you know, younger people. Is it an actual maze or is it a trail? Uh, it's a it's it's a maze uh, like a haunted house. Yeah. It's probably I don't know how many square feet. That looks incredible. Now, is, is this but, the first time you guys had seen yeah. this? I have never seen this. Okay, could think, I don't know why they don't have it on. So, David, this is the first time you, Rick, and John had gone through. Well, John this. had been through it, of course. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, this is great right here. And and so pretty much what you're seeing here on the, on, on the screen, guys, this is like as as David said, it's a it's a haunted house version of the American world in London. There's, there's and they the hire zombie. actors and they sk- you know jump out and. Try to scare you, and and they had the music, and they had the sound effects. Now, it's, oh it's, yeah, and there's five or six wolves, which take a lot of time to make. Right, and they're mechanical, so they do things. They rush out at you. So this was, I mean, these this one maze had to be, you know, a couple million dollars to make. Wow. Now, do they have to get approval from Rick and John Landis for this, or can they just go like it's universal? Does, it's no, universal. So they, they can, can do, do whatever. It. Yep, they can do whatever they want. Now, this kid, I was trying to get his attention. Yeah, it's like, hey. That's me. Yeah, you're stealing my shit. And, and they were just—they were just looking at us like, yeah, like who, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. Oh, that's so insane. Looked, yeah, so that's the—that's the movie theater scene right there. I mean, look at the wealth is—is is pretty it's much very good. You know, I mean, you can see you there. You're just like happy as you are loving wow. this. This is amazing, right well, there. I, <clears throat> you get all wow. these kids screaming and the terror scream. So this was one of the most popular. Uh, yeah. Wow. Halloween Horror Nights. It yeah, was one incredible. of the more popular ones. But as I said, they only had it on for a limited time. They did it again in Orlando for the for you know um, Universal there. Yeah. And again, limited time, you know, five nights a week. It's open and the lines are just down the uh, block. I mean, trying like, to get through this. Why thing. wouldn't you keep that open? That'd be something that, I mean, especially with this time <coughs> of the year right now. If you did that in Las Vegas at one of these casinos, yeah, that be, would kill it. They would kill it. I know. Well, a fortune. They would raise a fortune. Yeah, hundred percent. Now, now, is this mainly what you do now, David? Do you travel around just because of this <laughs> no. one? Like, well, what's your? It's sort of funny. Yeah. No, it cracks me up. This is all I do. <laughs> I just look for podcasts around America. No, That's right. No. I didn't mean the actual podcast. I meant like, you know, your, no, I, your presence in this in this industry is so prevalent. Is this mainly what you well, do? Well, you know, one of the things is horror as a genre is so, the people are so loyal. There's a huge fan base for horror films. So one of the reasons why uh, horror films can be made and you can get financing for horror films Unlike other independent films, to go, or because of the fan base, there are people who will see it. Yeah. So uh, these shows, uh, these horror conventions, for say, and particularly this one this weekend, Days of the Dead, which is by the way at the Plaza Hotel downtown Las Vegas. Day of the Dead Plaza Hotel is going all weekend. David Norton's going to be there taking pictures. They're going to be saying hello oh. to all the fans. Any questions you want to know about the movie? Who else is going to be down there, David? Well, you know, they can go to the Days of the Dead dot com. Uh, because sometimes fans, not fans, but the celebrity guests drop out because of this time, you know, yeah. because of the situation that we're in with the yeah. pandemic. So I don't know exactly. Danny Trejo is one of the yeah. big Head guys. That. He's wow. going to be there. Yeah. Uh, there'll be a, a number, probably 25 yeah. of yeah. guests. Yeah. Oh, hello. Yeah, and I'm starting to feel a little funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, wow. Sorry, he didn't mean to call you Meatloaf Jack. That is definitely a crispy meatloaf, too. That, that is definitely. Now, there's no, there's, no, there's no little bit of uh, skin flickering down here, but I just want to no, let everybody know. Look at that. And, how, and, you know, you see how claustrophobic it is just to be inside yes. that. 
Yeah. It's not, you know. Now, how's the quality of this mask right here, David? Give me your professional opinion on the quality. I think of it's really good. Yeah. Okay, guys, for those of you, there you go. There's there, there's uh, David Norton just said the American Wealth in London mask from Nightmare Toys on Commerce here in Las Vegas. We're going to put all the details of exactly where you can get. As you can see, um, my main Matt, he's wearing the T-shirt right there. All the toys that you see scattered around the, the, the podcast room here are all from Nightmare Toys. It's a brand new toy shop. It's got some really, really cool things. As a matter of fact, all of these little, um, uh, what do you call these? I don't even know what you call them. I don't know. It's kind of a little werewolf mask. Yeah. Well, the, 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 these are all part of the movie. We're going to give a couple of these to David. So thank you very much, Nightmare Toys. We're going to come down there, guys. We're going to drop all of their information at the bottom of the podcast. That looks good, man. You know what you have to do. Kill yourself. <laughs> you have to kill yourself. <laughs> can, we do, can we do a line from the movie? I didn't mean to call you a meatloaf, Jack. <laughs> You're going to turn into a werewolf at midnight. Oh, that's, that's what they no. all say. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not actually not a part of the movie. That looks good. That's good. You can make it up. That's good. Emmy, any other questions? You good? You good. All right. So, David. Day of the Dead this weekend at the Plaza Hotel. You're going to be down there all weekend. What's happening after that? Is there anything else that you want to plug, that you want to talk about, you want to promote? Well, there's always, you know, things going on. We have I have a couple of projects that's still, you know, too early to talk about. But, yep. yeah, it's just, um, it's a great time to be uh, be in horror. I'll yep. never leave the genre. Yeah, no, I hope you never do because... <laughs> but there were times where, you know, there were films that were coming at me afterwards, you know, where it was like, no, I've I've done transformations. Yeah. I've played creatures. Yeah, and they wanted you to do that again. Of course. But you would never do that again, right? It's like Michael Jackson would never do Thriller again. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, when you work with the, the best, certainly Rick Baker, uh, and it's funny because over the years in different uh, makeup artists and television shows or whatever I've, I've sort of guest starred in, the makeup people all know Rick Baker's work, you know? Yeah. And so when they come in and I sit in their chair, they go, we, they feel intimidated to put makeup on me because I've had it You've done. You've had it done by the best, the, yeah. You know? So it's it's a really the bar was set very high. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I'm not looking to play those. Plus, it just it's just so time consuming. Yeah. To sit in makeup. Yeah. But you know what? I've got to say, I've got to say, David. I think that um, <clears throat> you know the fact that you played that character in that movie, you would never have to play anything ever again because. Um, as far as I'm concerned, you've reached the pinnacle when it comes to this kind of industry. Um, I got, guys, I just want to say, you know, I, I always mention this when I talk about my podcast. When I started this podcast, I just wanted to talk to people that were interesting in the sports world and in the entertainment world. I wanted to reach out to people from my past, things that were indicative to my life. American Wealth in London has been such a huge not only for me, but my, I, I can't I can't express how much it means to have David in here right now on my podcast talking to me because it's just I I I, I, I literally I'm I'm very starstruck. Um, so first of all, I want to say, man, thank you so much for coming on. I know there's a lot of filmmakers and actors out there in the world that are huge fans of yours. We like to finish every podcast with um with a positive note, a positive word from our guests. If there's something you could say to maybe actors or, or, or producers or makeup people out there that, that are looking to make it in the world, any advice you could give? I just, you know, follow your dream. That's it. Because you're making it. You are. You are definitely making it. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Marcus. It's been a lot of fun. Hey, thank you very much, David. 
Thank you very much, Jack. I'm turning. We can't hear you under there. Thank you very much, Emmy. Ladies and gentlemen, here today on the podcast, uh, the yeah, the star of the American World in London, my good friend David Norton. We want to thank you very much for coming on, David. Thank you much. You thank make you. it, and you always have been. Let's pump that music up and dance it up.